So September 25th, brand new series, Asking for a Friend. Have you ever done that? Have you ever wanted to know the answer to a question and you just say to your pastor and to a friend and say, hey, I'm just asking for a friend. So that's kind of the, the whole idea of the series, asking for a friend. The goal, to be honest with you, is to create some space for people to ask any question. Okay, uh, you can ask, uh, you can text us, you can um, uh, DM us, you can put it like a, write it down on a little sticky note. Um, and, um, you know, we really think that it's important for us to, uh, um, to create a space where people feel safe to ask any questions, difficult questions. Now, um, as a church, we may not always have the answers, okay? Uh, I can guarantee you that we won't always have all the answers. Um, as a church uh, or as a, as, a, as a human being, you may not even agree with me some, sometimes, and that's perfectly fine. But I think, that, I think it's beneficial for a community of people when they decide to uh, seek God, search the scriptures, and learn from one another. And so that's the goal of the series, asking for a friend. Uh, I really want to encourage you to invite a friend um, engage in like social media Use the power of social media To invite someone to church uh, Those invite cards right there that, that are on your chair Grab a few of those uh, And pass them out Invite someone And also ask a question You may actually have a question You may be curious about something That the Bible has to say And that you don't really know Or you may want to know Just my opinion or whatever And, uh, and so I want to encourage you To ask any questions You may be curious about I am this is a series we've been planning for for at least two three months so we're really excited uh there's more to come um and i'll, I'll i'm gonna i'm gonna stop talking right now because i'm gonna give it away before i before uh before we get to it so september 25th is when we begin uh the series today we're gonna be in ephesians chapter 6 ephesians chapter 6 verse 10 uh chapter 6 verse 10 and it is our last week for this uh, series that we started 10 weeks ago, so this is um, our, uh, our 10th week. And uh, if you're just stepping in for the first time, you don't even know who I am. My name is Alex. I am one of the pastors here at the church, and we are thrilled that you've joined us. Whether it's here in person, whether it's online, Facebook, uh, wherever you're coming from, welcome, welcome, welcome. Um, so we're going to begin in Ephesians chapter 6, verse 10. Here's what God's Word says. A final word, Paul's speaking. He's writing from, from prison when he says this. A final word. So this is it. This is the end. Um, he says, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Um, I, I love this verse because like when you look at the passage, when you look at chapter 6, chapter 6 is going to give us the secret sauce to having victory over any battles that you're having today. Now, there's a, a, a lot of people in here that I know, but there are some of you that I may not know. Same online. There are some of you that I, I know, some of you that I don't know. But the one thing that I think we all have in common is we're all fighting a battle or multiple battles. The one thing that I can tell you is there is like every single one of us is fighting some sort of battle. It may be a mental battle, that you're something that you're, maybe it's anxiety, maybe it's depression, maybe it's, um, I, I don't know. It could be finances. 
Maybe that's your battle. You're, you know, just things are really tough right now financially. It may be a health thing. It may be relational. It may be um, a, a physical battle. It may be your career. It may be your business. The one thing that I can tell you today that we all have in common is we're all fighting battles. And in this chapter, what God tells us is, like when Paul says, okay, I'm going to sum it all up. He says, be strong, but listen to what it says. It's, it doesn't, like, it, it, it's not, this, is, this has nothing to do with your abilities. This has nothing to do with your strength, your, your capabilities on, on handling stress. It has nothing to do with your, your power, uh, what you're capable of doing. It says, be strong, help me out, in the Lord. Be strong in His mighty power. Now, I want to illustrate this. I like illustrations. I like stories so that they can help, help us relate to one another. Um, at the beginning of the year, every year, we begin uh, with a church-wide fast. And um, I remember that just the begin, first few weeks of the year, I took some time away out of state, just went away to fast a little bit, to pray, to focus on God. And on the last day, I, um, I dropped off the car at a, part, a place diff away from the airport because it was cheaper. And I said, you know, it was like, I don't know, three, four miles away from the airport. My wife is laughing. She knows where I'm going. Um, and so I was like, hey, it's a beautiful day. It's a beautiful place. Probably one of my favorite places on planet Earth. And I'm just walking three, four, five miles. I had time. Not a big deal. I punch in the, the GPS airport, you know, Google Maps. And I'm just walking. I'm just having the best of times. I'm, you know, about three, four miles. I'm just, you know, just having a blast. And um, I get to where the GPS says that I'm supposed to be. And it's, it's the edge of what, I would assume it's the airport, right? Right, like I can see a runway. So I'm guessing I'm, I'm headed right down the right path. But I was at like the very edge. And I'm like, I guess I guess I got to keep going, you know? And so I keep walking. By now, I put in probably another two and a half miles for a total of, I don't know, five, six miles. Now I'm getting a little bit more tired. And about two miles past the point that the GPS had dropped me off at, I am, uh, I'm thinking, I don't see any cars going to the airport, you know, and I'm thinking, I wonder, I mean, I know I'm at the airport. I mean, like, I'm right there. I can see the things, you know, the airplanes that are taking off. And so I keep walking a little bit further, and I see a guy parked the side of the road, and he's just, his windows roll down. He's having his sandwich. And I said, hey, um, I just I have a question. I'm, like, I'm trying to make it to the entrance of, like, to the, the airport. Am I in the wrong spot? And he's like, hey, you are actually on the backside of the airport. Um, and that's like, how do I get, how do I get back? And he's like, well, you're going to have to walk probably another two miles that way, turn and get on the other side of the runway and walk another two and a half miles in that way. So, you know, by now I probably walked like seven miles and I'm like, I had to do something that was very humbling. <laughs> I had to do something that I really don't like to do. If you know my personality, this is not me at all. But after putting like six miles into it, I was exhausted. I didn't know that I had another five miles. And I just said, hey, I know you're having lunch, but is there any way? I mean, there was nobody else around. I'm like, is there any way 
that you would give me a ride to the entrance of the, the parking lot. The guy said, sure, go, you know, go ahead, get in. And he did. He gave me a, a ride back to the, to the airport. But why do I say that? And the reason why I say that is to, to say this, kind of related to the verse. God is willing to offer all of us a free ride. Now, you can choose to walk on your own in life. And you, you're, you, that's a choice. Like God tells you, look, I love you. And, I, and, I, and I'm here for you. I'm not against you. I'm for you. But at the end of the day, if you reject me long enough, like, I, I'm not going to get in the way. I'm going to let you have your free will. I'm going to let you have your choice. And so in this verse, and the reason why I begin in verse 10, the primary verse for today is going to be eight, verse 18. But the reason why I begin with verse 18, uh, 10 is because God is offering you a free ride, and it's up to you whether you choose to walk on your own or you choose to jump on his power, jump on his strength. Now, verses 11 through 17, I'm not going to cover because I did a whole series last summer, like several weeks. It was um, called The Invisible War. And so if you want to kind of know what that's all about, go back and you can watch the series on YouTube. So I'm going to jump to verse 18, which I believe gives us the secret sauce to any battle that you may be facing today, whether it's anxiety, whether it's finances, whatever battle you're, you're facing today, okay, I want you to know this, verse 18, is the secret sauce for you to have victory, okay? So verse 10 says, be strong, help me out in the Lord and in his mighty power. Jump to verse 18. Watch this. Be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Verse 18. Pray in the Spirit at all times and on every occasion. Stay alert and be persistent in your prayers for all believers everywhere. Like what I want to do for the next few minutes, I want to break this verse apart, and I want us to look at what does that what does that mean? Let's let's pray. Father God, I just ask that you would um, speak to to us, Lord. I pray that you would uh, remove distractions, God. I pray that you'd clear my mind, untie my tongue, and just allow us to really um, dive into this verse and like really dig in deep, Lord, um, and see what it is that your word has for us. Um, and how this, this one verse contains the secret for all of us to, to have victories in our lives. And so, God, we dedicate this time to you. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. So let's break it up. Uh, the beginning part of the verse says, it says, pray in the Spirit. Now, what does that mean? Because I don't know if you've ever heard the phrase or the expression, man, they were really in the Spirit. Like, what do most people think when, they, when, they, when you hear them say that? Well, you know, sometimes people think, you know, you got this picture that, like, you know, they're a little bit emotional, they're praying in the Spirit. But honestly, this phrase has nothing to do with how much you wave your hands, how many tears you have running down your face. It has nothing to do with whether you're speaking in tongues or not. Praying in the Spirit has nothing to do with the external. Okay. Now, I know, I know sometimes we communicate like that. Man, they're really in the spirit. It means like they were a little bit more emotional than, 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 than usual. But the, there's a verse in the Bible that may clarify this for us. It's actually in, in Romans 8, verse 26, where God says this. 
It says that the Spirit of God, let's put it on the screen, the Spirit of, of God helps us in our weaknesses. Like when you're not feeling like, you know, in your worship, sometimes some of us, you know, you raise your, your hands and it's sort of a, a sign of like, God, I surrender. Like I'm, I'm all in. Like I worship you. Like when you don't have those moments, when there are no tears coming down your faith, when your heart is far from God, when you just don't feel God, when you don't even know. In fact, if you read the verse, it says, the Spirit helps us in our weakness. Next slide. It says that when we don't even know what to say, when we don't even know how to pray. Have you ever been there? Man, I've been there so many times in my life and it's like, I don't, I'm a pastor and I don't even like doing this thing. You know, like when you don't even, when you have nothing in you, the Bible says that his spirit in us, watch this, the spirit himself intercedes for us with groans that words cannot express. Now, I, I had to look this up and say, like, okay, what does that mean? Because I don't quite, like, what the groans, what is, what is the Bible talking about? And I, I read this commentary and it said this and, and, and it, it spoke to me. It says, it's the groanings, sounds which rise from the death of our soul cannot be forced into the narrow framework of human language. Let me read it again. Maybe a little bit heavy. The groanings, the sounds which rise from the death of our soul cannot be forced into the narrow framework of human language. And so to pray in this spirit is to trust that the spirit of God living in you is going to communicate with God the Father even when there is nothing left in your tank. And so you want to know what the secret sauce is to you making it through that battle that you're going through right now? It's to pray in the Spirit. Now, I began with verse 10 because there's a huge implication here where it's like, you know what? I'm not going to walk on my own. I need a ride. And so it says, be strong in the Lord and His mighty power. And then pray in the Spirit. And watch this. It says, at all times and on every occasion... Praying in the Spirit is it's not more effective the longer you do it, okay? Or however long you go. It's not more effective, like, like, like you know, it's, sometimes people, and nothing against those people that pray long prayers, but have you ever, have you ever, um, have you ever been with somebody and you ask them to pray for the meal and it's like a whole message, you know, like they pray for everybody. And it's like, Buddy, I, I know that you're super spiritual, but I'm hungry right now, you know? Does that ever sound like Pastor Alex? Like, as you're like, you know, you come into the second service, you're a little bit hungry, and it's like, I get it, I get it. You know, it's been 15, 20, 30 minutes, 40 minutes, you're still preaching, you know, and I'm a little ex excited, and it's like, okay, that, we all get it. We, we're giving our life to Jesus, Pastor Alex, you're good. Has that ever happened to you, or is it just me? No, you're, you guys are all spiritual, right? You're like, you're good. You don't ever have that thought. It's just, that's just me um but praying in the spirit you know I, i'll kind of explain it like this or illustrate it like this there was a missionary who said i never go more than 20 minutes um without or, or more than 20 minutes of praying i never go more than 20 minutes in prayer i never pray more than 20 minutes if i can get it right but then he says but i never go more than 20 minutes without prayer 
And I love that. I never go more than 20 minutes in prayer, but I never go 20 minutes without praying. And so Jesus tells, tells his disciples, hey, don't be like the Pharisees. When you pray, don't babble on and on and on and on because your heavenly Father knows uh, what you uh, are asking of him. So he says, he says, pray at all times and on every occasion. And then here's the part that I really want to focus on. Then he says, when you pray in the Spirit, you're going to stay alert and you're going to be persistent in your prayers. So praying in the Spirit is not commanding God to do something on your behalf and then expecting that He's going to immediately do whatever you asked Him. Think about it. If every prayer that I prayed, if God answered me, I would never get to know God, right? I would just see God as like a little blessing machine. You know, anytime I pray, boom, you know, He gives me whatever I want. And so it, generally speaking, there's a, uh, there's a lot of different kinds of prayers, but I'm going to kind of narrow it down to three. Okay, just, just a broad category, okay? You have casual praying. Like, that's, that's, when, that's when you, you know, you pray before a meal. Your, your kids pray before they go to bed. That's, that's when you pray like, like you're expected to pray. Like, as a pastor, sometimes I'm, you know, if I'm at a family reunion or if I'm at the hospital, like, immediately, you know, you're the pastor, you're going to pray. I don't know if you've ever felt like that. Maybe you're in a, with a group of friends or a group of people in the business world, and you're a Christian. Everybody looks to you as like, yeah, you're the one that's like on fire for Jesus and then you, you pray that's sort of casual praying it is it tends to be routine it's quick it's expected okay that's not what verse 18 is talking about okay that's not the secret sauce that we're talking about today then you have another kind of praying which is a little bit more like I call it committed praying all right this is a kind of praying like man something happens in your life and you're a little bit more focused there's a need uh, there, it's, there, it's intentional there's purpose um, you know maybe you lost your job and man you're like getting on your knees maybe your kids are walking away from the Lord and it's like man it's, this is a time like it's intense maybe finances are tough I, I don't know this is the kind of prayer that you do like Jesus you know taught us to pray your kingdom come your will be done on earth as it is in heaven this is, when, this is when you say, you know what? I am, I'm going to acknowledge that you are God. I'm not God. You are, you are the one that's above it all. I don't know every situation. I don't know everything that I'm going through. This is the kind of prayer that forces me to examine whether I really want God's purposes fulfilled in my life or not. This is when, when things are not necessarily going according to Alex's way. This is when I say, okay, God, I surrender it. And it's, it's a little bit more committed. You pray these kind of prayers, okay, from time to time when things are difficult. Um, I'll, I'll give you an example. Uh, you're wanting a new car. And God's saying, nope, not yet. The one you have is getting you from point A to point B. The AC works. Insurance is low. Don't, I don't want you to do it. And this is when you pray, okay, God, your will be done. This is when, when you, uh, you, things are rough at home. You want to just check out. You just want to just maybe turn on and watch ESPN. You're like, it's been a difficult day at, at work. And, and God, and he speaks to you and he says, hey, don't disengage. Actually, do the opposite. Engage your kids. And nothing in you 
Nothing in you wants to engage. Nothing in you wants to go the extra mile. But this is when you say, God, your will be done. The way it is in heaven, God, I want it here on planet Earth. I want what you want more than what I want. So you have casual praying, you have committed praying. Now there's a whole nother level that's just off the charts. And this is what I believe verse 18 is talking about. And it's what I call combat praying. This is when you, you actually go to war against the enemy. This is prayers that are like when you're on the offense. So the Apostle Paul gives us an example in Colossians chapter 4, verse 12. This guy named Epaphras. Epaphras. Can you say that with me? Say Epaphras. Ready? One, two, three. Epaphras. There you go. So this guy named Epaphras in, in Colossians uh, chapter 4, verse 12, he says this. Epaphras, who's one of you and a servant of Christ Jesus, sends greetings. By the way, so there's nothing supernatural here. He's just a regular guy, just like you and I, okay? So these kind of prayers, you and I can pray. He says, who's just one of you, he sends his greeting, and he says, he is always, look at the next word, he is always wrestling in prayer. This is the kind of prayer that I'm talking about, that verse 18 is talking about. It's, it's combat prayer. You're going to war. You're on the offense. It's not the, oh, Lord, what am I going to do with what has happened to me? No, no, this is when you're engaging the Lord against the enemy. It's combat praying. Now, let me kind of just say this on a, just as a little bit of a side note. Um, I want you to see this message as a skill development study. I want you to see this message because it's very easy to get discouraged when it comes to this topic about prayer, right? I want you to see this, what we're looking at, as a, a skill development training. The, the, the truth is the enemy is going to tell you, oh, look at you. You know, you don't know how to pray. You don't ever pray. You don't pray that good. You don't pray long enough. You don't pray, you know, look at you. You've, you've been a Christian for all of this. No, I, I want you to leave encouraged today. And so I want you to take this message, not like, oh, look at me. I'm not good at any of this, this stuff. I, I've never prayed out. I mean, praying in public, like I can't do that. I don't want you to look at it from that perspective. I want you to look at it as like, okay, what is combat praying actually? Like, what is, what is he talking about? What is the Bible talking about? And I want you to develop this skill that you can have. This guy, Epaphras, he, he says, he's just one of you, Paul says. Nothing supernatural. You can pray these kinds of prayers. All right, two more verses and we're, we're done. So here's how Paul practiced combat praying. Verse 19. Watch this. This is very interesting. He says, and pray for me too. He says, ask God to give me the right words so that I can boldly explain God's mysterious plan that the good news is for the Jews and the Gentiles alike. Now, I know that's super foreign to us. This happened more than 2,000 years ago. How does that apply to what I'm going through? You don't even kind of, it's really difficult to put yourself in, in, in Paul's shoes. But just for a moment, if, just, if you just entertain me for a moment, put yourself in Paul's shoes, okay? The guy is, is he's sharing the gospel, okay? He is being silenced. There's persecution going on. He's being persecuted, put in prison for sharing the gospel. What do you think that would do to any of us? If you're just, let's just say you go out and you're inviting somebody and all of a sudden, boom, 
you know, hey, you want to come to, to Life Point? And before you could tell, the authorities are taking you and you're in jail. They're putting you in prison. What would, do, what would that do to most of us? I'd say, man, our insecurities would be exposed like never before. And so I don't know how this translates to you and what insecurities you, you're dealing with, but from Paul's perspective, what he's saying is, hey, hey, pray for me because my insecurities are full on display and I don't want to change the way that I communicate God's word. And so he's asking them to pray that he can, be, he can explain the gospel in a bold matter. Look at the next verse. Watch this. And he kind of owns it. He says, I am in chains now. Still preaching the message of, God's, of God as an ambassador. But he, he, he doesn't stop there. He says, pray that I will keep on speaking boldly for him, for the Lord, for Jesus, as I should. All right, let me give you four practical pointers on how to pray combat prayers okay number one from this last two verses is you can see that he was humble okay so when i often meet people that are willing to pray for everybody okay but when you ask them hey what can i pray for for you they're, they're, not, they're not willing to open up what i love about this is that paul as much as god was using him he's saying he's willing to say hey i'm praying for you but also pray for me and I think it takes a little bit of humility when you open up in life group when you open up in 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 church to, to your people in a safe environment right and you say hey listen I am struggling with and you fill in the blank you want to pray the enemy wants to isolate you the enemy wants to keep those secrets to yourself okay and so when you expose that you're actually praying. You're asking for prayers, combat kind of prayers. So number one, be humble. Number two, look at what Paul does. He's specific. He's specific. You know, he doesn't just like pray just like just some random prayer out there. No, like he is, he's, he's saying, uh, and when, when you do this in life group, here's kind of how you say it. You say, pray for my relationship with, with my son. Maybe things have not been well in the last year. You know, and it's like, man, that's really close to your heart. And you, that's not something that you want to open up and talk in a group of people. Like, that's like, like, oh, man. By the way, if you're not in a life group, let me just kind of a little plug real quick. Next week, next week, we have our meet and greet after the second service. If you're not in a life group, um, please sign up. Let us know. Uh, we, we want to buy enough food. We want to have child care for you. So that's next week. This week, we actually resume all life groups. If you are in a life group, we're beginning this week. But going back to this kind of prayers, be humble, be specific, man, pray about some of the pressures that I'm facing at work. I'm dealing with X, Y, Z. So be humble, be specific. Number three, be vulnerable. Be vulnerable. Paul, when he, uh, when he comes to the people that were at Corinth, he says to them, he says, I come to you, and I'm, I'm quoting, I was with you, he says, in weakness, and in fear and in much trembling. So again, being there is something like when you're vulnerable with a group of people, all of a sudden the walls just come down. I, I remember for me this this happened a few weeks ago. I was teaching on marriage. 
And I told my wife on Tuesday, usually when I prepare my messages, say, hey, honey, let's not get into a fight this week because every time I preach on marriage, we get into a fight. And so I just kind of jokingly but seriously said, let's not get into a fight. Well, guess what happened? Saturday morning, we get into this huge fight. Well, guess what the enemy was doing to me on Sunday morning? You're a fake. You don't have what it takes. And I wanted to keep that secret to myself. And I, I felt like during worship... God spoke to me and he said, give it voice. And that's how you punch the enemy in the throat. Am I being too graphic? That's how you punch him in the teeth. When you are vulnerable enough to say, and I kind of said it jokingly, but in that moment when I said, well, that didn't happen, you know, like I said to my wife, let's not get into a fight. That didn't happen. And it wasn't her fault, by the way. Okay, I don't want to get in trouble. It was totally my fault, okay? But being vulnerable is something that God will use in your life to bring down woes and to help other people to expose the enemy, all right? All right, so be humble, be specific, be vulnerable. And last is be consistent, be consistent. If you pray for something and God doesn't answer, don't give up. A lot of times we, um, we pray kind of like, God, would you do this for me? And if he doesn't do it, you just go out and you do it yourself. Okay, And God says, no, 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 be patient. The purpose of unanswered prayer is to get us from knowing about God, like we know, like up here, who he is, to actually knowing God. That when God doesn't answer your prayers, it's not because he didn't hear you the first time. It's because he's wanting you to grow in an area of your life that you may not be strong yet. Maybe he's trying to grow you, um, you in like as far as being um, like your endurance, your faithfulness, your, your patience. It's saying, listen, listen, I have something better for you, but I'm not going to answer this just yet because I want you to get a little bit stronger. It, it's kind of like Abraham, right? He asked the Lord for a child. God answered the prayer, but it was how long later? 25 years later. Moses, God, please deliver my people from the hands of the, the, the uh, Egyptians, from the oppression of the Egyptians. God answered the prayer, but it was 40 years later. There's a verse in Luke chapter 18 that says that Jesus told his disciples many parables to show them. Jesus told his disciples many parables, stories, to show them that they ought to pray and not give up. He puts the two together. Combat praying is about all those things that I said earlier, but one thing that is for sure is about being consistent and not giving up on life, on your faith. So, in conclusion, all I know about this secret sauce, if you have a guy named Moses in the Old Testament, he delivers a couple million people. They think that they've, they're free. They think that they've obtained freedom and, and they've won the, the battle. And then he hits the Red Sea. And he's shaking in his score, he doesn't know what to do. The enemy is right behind him. He's responsible for a couple million people. 
And there it is, his trap, the Red Sea, right in front of him. And God encourages him and he says, pray. He prays and God opens up the Red Sea. You see, prayer can be that secret sauce for whatever battle you're facing in life. You fast forward to the New Testament. Jesus is right in front of a tomb. A dead man, his name is Lazarus. He's been dead for, for days. And what does he do? He calls him out. Lazarus, come out. And that man comes out walking. You fast forward a few more years down, a few more months down, you know, to the early Christians. After Jesus ascended into heaven, their persecution broke. They're all huddled in this little home and they're praying for their leader, Peter. Remember the story? Peter is also in prison for sharing the gospel and they don't know how to do this. They don't know what comes by praying. What are you talking about? But they, the best way they know, they're, in, in, they're pouring their hearts out to God. They're on their knees saying, God, we need you. Please, our leader's in prison. We need you. And then all of a sudden, somebody's knocking at their door. They sent the servant girl to the door. She opens the door, and it's Peter. And she goes, it's Peter. And they're over there praying, God, deliver Peter. He's in prison. He doesn't deserve this. And it's like, hey, it's Peter. It's like, no, you're delusional. That's what they call her. It can't be Peter. Peter is in prison. All they have to do is just open the door. Now, you may be here, and you may be like, pastor that may be for Moses that may be for Jesus that may be for the early Christians but I don't know that I can pray like that and I feel you because I've been there before you may say man it's going to take more than a miracle it's gonna, my prayer request is so big I want you to remember this maybe you write it down if you want you pay God a compliment by asking great things of him. You pay God a compliment by asking great things of him. So this week, I struggled with this message more than any message that I've preached probably in the last year. It was a struggle. Like, I was just, it was, it was, I'm telling you, it was the hardest message that I put together in a long time. On Wednesday, I was running in my neighborhood and there's a guy who has cancer one of our neighbors, he had told me um, that um, he was having a biopsy. And, um, and since he told me, I was, every time I run, sometimes he's out there and I see him and I pray for him. Sometimes I'm, I don't even see him and I pray for him. And, um, and so this time I'm running and it was probably the third or the fourth time where God had said, go tell him that you're praying for him. First time I was like, it's like, no, I don't want to bother him. Next time, it's like, I'm dying here. You know, I, I got you know, to finish my run. I got a day full of meetings. I didn't do it. And this time, it was like, okay, you got to go. Be obedient. And so I stopped, you know, and it's like, hey, I, I'm just telling, I just want to share something with you. Um, every time I run by your house, I pray for you. And he tells me the story. And I asked him, did you have your biopsy? And he says, you could actually see it. When he would swallow, you could feel it, you could see it. I went in for the biopsy, 
and he said, the doctor looked at it and it's like, it was gone. He had to go get another doctor and one of the two, I don't know which one it was, but said, it's a miracle. The other one was, I don't think he was a believer, I don't know. And I was shocked. And I asked him, what happened? He said, I had, I had one, of, one of my pastors pray over it. And, um, and he said, I believe that God can do anything. And I, I love that because often what we, and this is one of the questions that people have asked. Why do we see that kind of miracles in the Old Testament and the New Testament? We don't see them nowadays. I think we do. I think we still see miracles. We just, we're just so busy and we're not paying attention and we give up too quickly. And so with heads bowed and eyes closed, I know I'm over my time, but I hope that you don't see this message as a, as a discouragement that, oh, you know, that's what the enemy is telling you right now. Oh, you, you know, you don't do it right. You're a terrible Christian. Don't see it like that. Don't see it like that. See it as a, as a skill development study, as a training, okay? How do you pray? Combat prayers. Be humble. Be consistent. Be vulnerable. Be specific. And at the end of the day, if I can sum it up just like Paul did, be strong in the Lord and in His mighty power. Pray in His spirit and leave the answer to Him. Father God, we surrender to You. Lord, I don't know what kind of prayers are going up right now, but I declare in the name of Jesus that You are the same God of yesterday, today, and forever. And so Father, if You, if you want to bring healing to our bodies, we declare you to be victorious over that sickness. If you want to be, bring healing over our finances, God, I know that you can do that. And you can do beyond that. God, if you want to bring healing to our relationships, by faith, we give you thanks because we know that you have the power to do it. God, help us. Help us to go to war against the enemy in our prayer life. And not to rely on so many other things in life, but to surrender to your will and to pray like you taught us to pray in that moment when you were dealing with so much anxiety and so much pain when you said, God, not my will, but yours be done. We pray in Jesus' name.